Welcome to Close It Now, an HVAC sales training podcast with Sam Wakefield. Here, we'll build your reputation in residential HVAC sales to be the expert influencer in your market. You'll get insight into the top minds in the industry as they share their skills and hacks to help you on your journey. This podcast isn't just about selling more. It's about understanding your customers' needs and building efficiencies behind the scenes so you can sell more but work less while being top of mind when people think HVAC. Now, let's get started with your host of the Close It Now podcast. This is Sam Wakefield. Well, all right. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome back to the Close It Now podcast, your source for solar and HVAC sales training. I am so excited for this interview today. I have followed this lady for quite a while. I've been in the industry for 17 years and have actually heard about this company, uh, not, not her directly, but her company for a long, long time. I've known of a lot of people in the industry that have used them and uh, you'll hear more about it here in a second but uh, just it's always great the connections you can make uh, in the industry and for all of you listening if you're listening to this podcast this means you're a top performer or going to be a top performer and you're focused on personal growth so the one thing that you will learn is the hvac industry is a very small world once you achieve a certain level so going to events meeting people is is super crucial. Your network is your net worth. So never forget that. So I'm so excited to introduce today. uh, She is the owner and CEO of CI Web Group. And that is uh, the the most impressive thing for me is they have had the exclusive contract for over a decade for the largest heating and air manufacturer in the world. Uh, So with Daikin um, Global, uh, which is amazing, and uh, you know she, she she can tell a cool story, and I hope she does about how they outperformed everybody else when they first uh, to even get that contract. So that was exciting. CI um, Web Group's top 100 places to work, and uh, for more than one year, for several years now, and uh, they have 200 full time employees in three countries. So massive organization, and so excited today to welcome. Jennifer Bagley to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate you taking time with me today. Absolutely. Well, welcome. Uh, We are just, this is such a cool honor to get to talk to everybody. This is part of the Profit Rocket Growth Summit 2023 speaker series. Uh, So the minute that I was connected, interviewed Victor first, uh, Victor Rancourt, who's putting on the event for everybody listening, and if you don't already have a ticket, you've got to get one. <laughs> this podcast will drop before the event. So it's September 27, 28, and 29 of 2023. So make sure you get your tickets. You can get them directly off of my Facebook group. I have a link in there. So go find the Close It Now Facebook group and join. And all the speakers that I've uh, interviewed along this way are all members in there now. And that's how you can connect with them as well. So that's a good start. But uh, tell us a little bit about your your history, Jennifer. How did you get in? How did you start your business? Why did you start your business? And a little bit of uh, philosophy of kind of what your guiding principles are. Absolutely. So I'm going to try and truncate, truncate this down to a shorter story. Um, my background, <laughs> I grew up in the retail industry. I actually wound up by the time I was 26, I was VP of Global Logistics and Supply Chain Strategy. And uh, had that burning entrepreneur blood that you cannot get rid of under any circumstance. So I was constantly dabbling dabbling in other companies, uh, building companies on the side, and finally got out of corporate in my late 20s. I opened up a real estate and a mortgage company. Uh, We wound up growing to over 200 uh, real estate agents and loan officers. And my role was to get them business. 
So mm-hmm. it's heavily on figuring out a system to be able to compete in the real estate and mortgage industry. Um, competition is entirely different than heating and air conditioning, home services, electrical and plumbing. The home services industry as a whole, when it comes to marketing and advertising, is very, very, very far behind, which is great, right? Because Mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit easier to be able to get in the door and be able to make progress with significantly lower budgets. But in the, the real estate industry, not so much. Highly, highly, highly competitive. So we built this little team and everyone called them the CI Web Group. It wasn't a company. It was a team of people who worked for a real estate mortgage company that were responsible for generating business, referral programs, uh, lead nurture programs, um, rewards programs. They were responsible for everything digital, building all of their websites and so forth. Out of the blue, they started, all my real estate agents started bringing uh, inspectors and appraisers and HVAC mm-hmm. people, plumbers and electricians and all the people. They started bringing them to our company trainings and we would have people ask, can you build us a website? Can you help us get uh, leads? Can we help? And so we kind of expanded that group and um, man, it just, it blew up from there. That was in 2006. So it's been a minute um, mm-hmm. and we've the web group uh, and it's been off to the races since there. In about 2012, I was called out. Um, some of my clients had, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. 2008, I was called out as a speaker for the Mitsubishi Diamond Dealer Conference. And my business coach, uh, Tony Jerry is a coach, the top 500 CEOs in the world. He had, um, asked that I help him out with his presentation that he had at the Diamond Dealer Conference. And that was my first real introduction to heating and air conditioning. So Uh thank you. Prior to then, my experience was uh, ripping the paint off my wall to put in a filter in a return vent because I didn't know any better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, That's yeah, amazing. Started with Mitsubishi and then um, from there wound up, uh, you know, uh, interviewing with and getting called from recruiting firms, IBM's consulting firm. They were contracting with uh, Ferguson and uh, then I'm... Johnstone and uh, Daikin and so forth. And so we had to come in and, and deliver. It was funny because when we came in, especially for the Ferguson one, when we came in, they had a, um, they had an RFP out and the RFP was straight traditional media. It was really, really old school. It was everything paid ads, only t- uh, TV, radio, billboards, mailers, flyers. It was everything out. And I read this RFP, they flew us out there and I was so bothered by it. We were the last vendor to come in and have a conversation. And I got the RFP like, I don't know, 20 minutes before I was supposed to present. And I was like, this makes no sense for this industry at (laughs) all. So I was like, forget the RFP. So I sat down at the table. There was like nine executives in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, I basically ripped up the RFP. And I was like, let's talk about why your RFP does not make sense for this industry. This is grassroots industry that everything is broken. Websites are broken. They don't have content. They don't have ownership of their assets. There are a laundry list of fundamental issues they have, and they have limited funds. So they were going to wind up in a program that had them uh, burning through cash like blackjack table instead of investing in their business in things that have compounding interest impacts on their business, assets they own. And so- uh, yeah, they all kind of show slowly closed their computers, started looking up, paying attention. And the next thing you know, we've got that one too. <laughs> right. Like, wait a minute. Who is this lady that just destroyed everything we thought we know? <laughs> Didn't I make love sense. it. That is powerful. It's challenging for corporate executives who've never launched a business. They don't know what it feels mm-hmm. like to throw all of your money, your time, your energy, your efforts, rack up your credit cards, have to learn everything related to IRS and taxes and employment and legal and everything. And they don't have, entrepreneurs do not have the bandwidth to burn through cash on the wrong resources no. or do the right things in the wrong order. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. that's, um, that's the challenge. You have to have, you know, had to move into an office or had to see what a giant IRS bill looked like before you get to make those calls. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. You know, and you said something early on there that I have been preach shouting from the rooftops as long as I've been doing this is our industry is so far behind. It's like easily a decade plus behind on just about everything. And it's such a slow moving ship, which is actually kind of 
it's two things. It's two-edged sword. One, that means we're behind, but also that means it's so easy to stand out ahead of the pack uh, when you just embrace things that are modern and current, <laughs> like using technology or, you know, the, just the sake of conversation. I have people, the reason I started the company is we sent some people to a, a really famous sales training in the industry and they came back with the same slide deck that they I had taken the class 10 years prior and it was the exact same. They hadn't changed a single thing. Well, nobody buys like this anymore. I see that constantly. And that's such a huge point. You know, I tell everyone in our company that when the rate of change internally doesn't keep mm -hmm. up with the rate of change externally, you are dying as this is mm -hmm. a slow or a fast death. If consumers, yeah. and this is worse because there's some oxymorons in this, right? If you wake up and as a consumer yourself, you put your, mm -hmm. your mom and dad hat on and you mm -hmm. think about how do you order things? How do you check out? How do you do research? How quickly do you want responses? Instant gratification. You want somebody, if you schedule something, ship something, order food, uh, restock your groceries, whatever it is, you want this, you know, truly e-commerce based, simple, quick, amazing experience that doesn't involve having someone come and sit in your home and have a conversation with a notebook mm -hmm. <laughs> or flip chart. Right. Get out of my house. Let me do this on my own. Exactly. So, so as a as a consumer, our demands and expectations are here. And mm -hmm. then as a company, we're delivering a, a process that's way below bar. And yeah. that gap has to close. That gap. We have to make sure that our clients, our contractors in this industry internally has to evolve at the same rate mm -hmm. they do as a consumer themselves. Absolutely. Oh man. That's what, something I, I've, gosh, I don't know how many times I've said this is anything that's been done exactly the same for over 50 years is ripe for revolution. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the moment that our industry is sitting in right now. Um, especially when it comes to the sales and deliverable side of, uh, of as I mean, partly that's why I'm putting together a course to teach people how to sell virtually over zoom, just like this, because Absolutely. just like you just said, yeah, we've got to be, a, we've got to disrupt in the industry if we want to stand out and, and really make that, that's how these companies are growing from, you know, one to 40 million in five years by doing things completely different. And, yeah. uh, and I love it. Yeah. Coming out of the retail industry, I'm a speaker. So that's, that's how mm -hmm. I train and educate. And when I first got into this industry, I remember standing at my first speaking event and I was talking about online sales and uh, e-commerce transactions and monthly subscriptions and online subscriptions mm -hmm. and increasing MRR and ARR and average revenue per user and what your LTV mm -hmm. is. And I'm going through all these things and the entire room is looking at me like, lady, you have no freaking <laughs> go back to retail. This is HVAC. This is, doesn't fit here. This broad has mm -hmm. no clue. That's I could right. feel deer it. and headlights, right? Through my my soul, right? And then mm -hmm. COVID. And every one of those clients that I had been preaching and preaching and preaching, all of them called and said, No, how do you do this online? <laughs> COVID was this. I'm sorry for everybody who experienced anything negative from it. However, mm -hmm. The benefit of COVID is it accelerated time in a rapid, a rapid short window. It forced people to figure out how to evolve at least a little. You started seeing e-commerce and Zoom meetings and Zoom sales and online subscriptions, mm -hmm. and the ability to log into your account and pay your bill and schedule maintenance. Mm -hmm. All of these things happened during that window and the adoption right. rate flew up, which is fantastic. It oh, was yeah. Now, now uh -huh. I don't have glaring eyeballs down my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so, you're, you're exactly right. It's so powerful. I mean, something as simple as being able to look online and schedule your own appointment. I mean, geez, we've been doing that for a decade plus with, at the doctor, at the dentist, right? You know, it's like, why can't we do that here? Every other business, if you go to a website, what's in the top right corner? You have the ability to mm -hmm. log in. See your orders. Mm -hmm. You have to save in your cart. You have the ability to pay online. You have the ability to update your credit card. You have the ability to upgrade whatever programs you're in. Every other mm -hmm. industry, there is a login button in that top right corner. This one says, yep. contact us with mm -hmm. the old school web form. <laughs> yep, the web form or call this number. Our, 
with representative standing by. Right. I mean, <laughs> as a, as it's yellow pages talk. Polar text would be good because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's um, this we oh can. Oh my talk. gosh, I love it. <laughs> so let's look forward a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what uh, CI Web Group is doing right now. What are you really excited about? That is the uh, since we're on the topic of the new latest things, what uh, what's happening? Ooh, I got to think for a second how much of my secrets I want to put out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll put out I'll put out some. Obviously, AI is playing a huge role. Uh, right, it is on the forefront. So we've developed an entire group of people that are heavily focused on AI. I'm not going to go into the details of what we're releasing. However, I will say that. Every ounce of effort we're putting into, um, you know, top level resources in the AI development world, uh, everything we are launching over the next six months will give the greatest competitive advantage to anybody working with us in this industry over anyone else that they're working with, working with, period. And it's hands down. So this is execution speed, delivery, growth, results, everything. Our goal is to leverage technology uh, Mm -hmm. to be able to accelerate results at a rapid level. So I think that I think that one of the benefits is, is that our from a fundamental standpoint, our philosophy is very different. Right. Mm -hmm. If you compare all these other agencies to us, we have extreme differences in just philosophy. I do not have a giant office and I will never have a giant office. I don't care to have one. I don't need one, right? I will not be hosting giant events and bringing out famous people. I just, I'm not going to do that. So uh, we, we have an agency that has uh, all of our human capital. We have three shifts, seven days a week so that we're working Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day so we can execute faster. Um, When you compare apples to apples, if all of the agencies basically charge the same amount, and you have a competitive advantage of not wasting 30, 40, or 50% of our customers' investment in their marketing on all of those things, 100% mm-hmm. US resources, giant offices, all of these sales marketing things. We don't even have a sales team in our company. We have myself, my husband, and Clay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we don't have to. So because sure. we dedicate our we dedicate our clients' investments into human beings who do the work, get it done to get results. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a huge, huge difference. So when we take, number one, having a significantly greater amount of resources that are not sales and account managers, but literally those people doing the necessary things, all of our content writers, all of our editors, all of our designers, developers, SEO mm-hmm. engineers, our backlinking experts, our reporting team, I mean, people who are doing the, the hard work that's necessary in order to get onto page one of Google, increase visibility, increase your total traffic, increase leads and opportunities so that you can do your thing and get people to sell more, put more jobs mm-hmm. on the board, close more business, make more money, right? You got it. When you put all these things together and then we're going to layer on this AI solution or series of solutions on top uh-huh. of having extreme um, expertise in execution, like game on, man. I cannot. Oh, is, I'm so excited. I am so excited. It's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped about this. You know, in, in the last probably six months, more like three or four. Uh, so actually a guest I had on the podcast here a little while back and need to do a follow-up, but he was just on a reality TV show for uh, tech startups. Uh, six weeks into his business, he started a company using AI to create an AI-driven business and six weeks in had a million-dollar valuation. And we're now a couple more months in and it's a $15 million valuation. And he literally has AI... He has AI as a seat in his Zoom meetings. He, his his AI answers emails directly. Um, there, every single group is conferenced in has his AI seat, and yep. it's wild what's going on. And so it, it's good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we should have brought him in to uh, to actually take what notes for this. Uh, for the zoom i I, that's the next step but so i've been using it just very rudimentary for creating you know small things and writing bios for people and that kind of stuff so i cannot wait to see 
what you with your resources and uh, work workforce the human capital that you have that are top notch to see what you're rolling out and uh, talk about a game changer oh my gosh well that's just the next that's just the six months our 12 month Mm -hmm. plan that I definitely cannot talk about but our 12 month (laughs) plan I will just say that we should do this podcast again give me six months to roll the first one out the 12 months is uh is going to be a wild ride. I uh, love it. I love it. So without giving away all the, the trade secrets of what you're doing, yeah. how tell us a little bit about who your, who your de- key demographic is and how that will help them. Uh, I mean, definitely home services. You know, this is mm-hmm. prior to getting into this specific industry and being owned by this industry. I feel like <laughs> We did sure. we did marketing for all kinds of industries and we still do projects for, you know, our home service contractors, spouses that own another business on the side. It gives everybody a break sure. and a side project. Um, mm-hmm. However, so I think from a demographic standpoint, as far as who our ideal client is, it really has only um, one thing that matters and that's mindset. I don't care okay, what cool. it is. I don't care. I don't care where they are. The only thing I care about is, is mm-hmm. this, what they're their mindset is if they yeah. are willing to show up, suit up and participate. And when I say show mm-hmm. up, I mean, you show up for your meetings, you show up on a computer, not on your phone, not in your truck, mm-hmm. not truck, not in an attic. You show up, you make this important uh, suit up. You're technically prepared for the meeting. You come to the table with the assets you need. You come to the table with the information, you find whatever resources are necessary to help us help you. And mm-hmm participate. I mean, these KPIs, these reports, entrepreneurs, you know, coming to the table and saying, I don't look at my financials. I don't look at my balance sheet. I don't look at my profit and loss. I don't look at my mm-hmm. SEO report. I don't look at my marketing report. I don't look at all these things. No excuses. I don't right. play when it comes to that. So when mm-hmm. we get on a call and I'm talking to any new customer, um, I think that's partially why I don't have a sales team is I want a personal commitment from whoever we're working with that both parties sure. show up at this table with more than an appetite. I can't care more about your business than you do. That is not a good working relationship. So, um, you know, and we're not in a position where we need more clients. So I would, I would like to work with people who are serious about growth, take advice Mm -hmm. from experts. And like I said, they show up, they suit up and they participate and they are truly serious about wanting to grow. And if, if those things all line up, that's a good fit for working with us. I love it. You know, and the reason I ask that, for all the listeners sake as so many times especially as a smaller company you would get a just a jaded misconception that if a company is a company like yours a digital agency or something is larger that i'm probably not a good fit i need to find it's just this imposter syndrome that happens and they just don't feel like it's attainable or possible to work with a company like yours and so thank you for clearing that up for us uh, because it is it is crucial, you know. So you have to have a growth oh, mindset. I, yes, but I've probably talked to ten clients this this week or prospects that were interested that are two or three people. They just launched their mm-hmm. business. They haven't seen their first hundred thousand yet. They want to grow, and you know, we it's an interview, and we're trying to figure out does mm-hmm. this make sense? Are they willing to do? And those are some tough questions. Those are mm-hmm. when you just starting off your business. You know, I. I think it's easy for me to have those questions. I know what it's like. I was a single mom when I when I launched this company. I did jack up all my credit cards. I did put every blood, sweat, and tear I had into this. I was doing this 100% on my own. You know, I did work 24 hours a day, burn the midnight oil, not take care of my mm-hmm. health. I, I, I can name the list year over year over year, half a decade. Every half a decade, you get a tail whooping that'll hit you straight mm-hmm. like a brick in the middle of the forehead that you have to learn something new. I mean, even recently, uh-huh. my newest is uh, I'm now registered company in 42 states and paying sales tax and franchise tax and so forth from one audit where they all went to lunch together and the Texas group talks to the rest of the United States. Ooh, <laughs> wild. I, those are real things. And I know people don't want to uh-huh. talk about them, but you know, mm-hmm. that's try getting 42 state audits, uh, all within a six month period. That's what entrepreneurs have to face. So yeah, there's hundreds of lessons before that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I'm sitting down with an entrepreneur, this is about, are you sure you want to put in the work that it takes? There is no easy button. Mm-hmm. Sure. If it was, everybody would be successful. There everybody isn't anybody would be doing it. 
Right. And, you know, the challenges is um, a lot of the entrepreneurs, they get on the phone with great salespeople and great salespeople, they sell whatever they sell, regardless of whether it's good for them or not, whether it's going to work or not, whether they have a great execution team or not, whether they should be paying for that right now or not. And I've, I have never had a sales organization because that's not our, that's not our style. I don't want to sell you something if it doesn't make sense. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That is such a, um, that's a, that's a big reason why we're talking here because that's exactly how I train. It's like you, it's always their, their best, best interest first. And when we take care of people primarily and the money will follow, but we've got to completely divorce ourselves from the funds. You know, the price is the price. Be proud of your price, but it has no relation to what is their problem and what's the solution to their problem. And when those marry, the numbers are just happen to be what the numbers are. And, and we have to get rid of that commission, you know, as sales people, you know, that commission breath, people can smell it a mile away. And when we just truly serve, that's where, you know, that's where things start to really happen and the magic happens. And so I love that. It is. And I think, you know, what I explained to the team and what our company knows that is part of our culture is you have Mm -hmm. to be obsessed with your customer for you to be able to transform You have to be obsessed with your client. I have Mm -hmm. to know our customers. I have to understand where their mindset is, what their goals are, what they're willing to contribute, what assets, what tech stack, what problems, Mm -hmm. relationships, partnerships. I mean, there's so many different elements that uh, play into this. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to just do provide marketing services that I don't, I could launch any business. It's going to be successful. The fact that it's marketing that's a piece of it, but we're never going to mm-hmm. ignore your operational uh, efficiencies. We're never going to know. We're never going to ignore what's your gross margin. Are you profitable? Are mm-hmm. you uh, underbidding, underselling, underpromoting? Do you have a scarcity mindset? Are you trading deals? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is every entrepreneur got into business for some reason. And when you get to that mm-hmm. root cause, you say, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Why'd you quit your job and your paycheck and your 401k and all your benefits and your security and throw your whole life on the line to start Mm -hmm. a business? And it boils down to three things. They wanted more time, more money, and more freedom. Mm -hmm. So I'm never going to let them forget that Mm -hmm. ever. Because the day you forget, the day you get absorbed by the business, you start working in the mm-hmm. business, on the business, and you, not on it. Mm-hmm. you started, right? You start not making the decisions you need to make and not saying no to the right things, not mm-hmm. saying yes to the right things. It's, it is um, ultimately every one of these entrepreneurs needs to be thinking exit from the day that they start. How are mm-hmm. we going to design a business that has a proper exit? Uh, from the beginning. And that exit is your more time, money, and freedom. So don't lose it. What's your exit? How are you going to get it? Let's work backwards. Absolutely. There's a great book I read, gosh, lots of years ago now, uh, Begin with the End in Sight. And that one, Mary, right around the same time I read Start With Why. And both of those just dramatically impacted me in so many ways, so many things. So Man, I, this is why your business has grown to what it is, because you take you treat everything holistically. I've not heard this type of conversation from another digital marketing agency. They're like, yeah, oh, here's what we do. Here's how we can help. We only work with companies if they're ready and they got these things in order and let's go. Well, cool. That's fine. And there's a fit for, you know, fit for them. But this, I love the the holistic approach to, and that's the exact same way I do sales. I, I have a a wheel of life that I train. It's like sales is one sixth of what we're talking about. Right. The sell, sales is not the performance of an hour. It's the overflow of a life. And it's the same thing with the business. It, you've got to have all those pieces together um, or it, it's just unhealthy. It's it treat it. Your, your business is your child. You know, yeah. does it, it need fed every single day. It needs, you know, taking care of every single day. And how, how are we taking care of that? Yeah. I think one of the, one of the conversations we have right up front is I'm like, so our philosophy is 100% transparency. Let me explain mm-hmm. what that means. If I'm an extension, if our company is an extension of your business, that means 
You have a design team, a dev team, a server team, a technical SEO team, a link building team, a content team. You have all of these teams. So if those teams worked for your company, you'd be able to see them duke it out, right? Because that's what that's what they would do if they worked in your company. So our philosophy is 100% transparency. They live in our project management system, our customers. And they get to watch all actions. They get to watch the work. They get to watch them duke it out. They get to watch two departments go head to head on behalf of them. So uh-huh. I'm, this is a mindset shift because you may see one department find an error that another department made, mm-hmm. right? And that is, that's what this should look like, right? You There is nothing that is proprietary to us. I don't mm-hmm. care because by the time my competitors attempt to do what I'm doing, I'll already have something new. So I don't care. It does not matter. (laughs) We're so (laughs) love it. So everything is everything is owned by our customers. They Mm -hmm. actually, in our environment, you will never hear one of our clients say, I don't know what I'm paying for. I don't know what my SEO team is doing. I don't know what they've done. I'm not sure. That will never happen. If that happens, it's straight ignorance. They're just not logging into the system. They're not, they're not showing up suiting up and participating. That is the only way that can happen because our, our company operates like a machine. And that's, that's a challenge because a search engine optimization just on its own is complicated, complicated, Mm -hmm. and it takes an army and the majority, not to mention how often they change it. Right. Yeah. The the majority of eight. Yeah. You get to see this is not easy at all. (laughs) you know, the majority of agencies that are out there aren't performing the necessary tasks that are necessary in order to get results. They're doing half. So let me just, let me share this because this is helpful for Please, everybody. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. So search engine optimization, the process of taking pages on your website and getting them ranked in the top 10 organic results where the majority of educated consumers purchase, especially those who avoid ads. Let's just, that's, that's what that is. What is mm-hmm. it? Every service you want to sell in every city you want want to sell it needs to be cataloged in your digital store. That's your website. So if I want to sell AC repair in Denver, AC repair in uh, blank, AC repair in blank, AC repair in blank, each of those need to have a place in that website. And Mm -hmm. that page that's called on-page SEO, the process of identifying what is the search term? What is the primary geo target? That's your marketplace. What is the demand for that search term? If the demand is zero and you're on page one of Google, (laughs) Then your agency gets to say, I have seven key phrases on page one of Google that have no demand. So make sure you understand that demand matters. If no one's looking mm-hmm. for it, because it's this weird ass, excuse me, but weird key phrase. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> okay. So if no one's looking for it, it doesn't help you. So if you're wondering how I'm on page one of Google, but I, my phone's not ringing, that, that might be part of the problem. All right. These obscure search terms. Yeah. <laughs> You need to know people are looking for it. If I'm trying to sell, look, I got Bloody Mary mix here. If I'm trying to sell Bloody Mary mix, I got it at a farmer's market. This is nice. really good, by the way. <laughs> so I bet if, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to sell this and I call it uh, red juice and bottle and no one's looking for red juice and bottle, but this is on the front row, then I'm not going to sell it. It says Bloody Mary mix, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so first off, if you have a seven page website, I just got off the phone with somebody yesterday. And actually I, I met with, I've met with 10 companies that are with one specific agency and every one of them is in the same, same ball, same bank mm-hmm. right now. The company has a seven page website, has been paying $2,500 a month for SEO for the last two years in a contract, seven page website. They don't have a single page on their website mentioning an actual service other than HVAC services. No new content added to the site. No new blogs added to the site. There's zero, nothing to optimize. Not one mention of a a geolocation, a location. No link building. So on-page SEO is creation of the pages, creation of the content based on the service you want to sell and the city you want to sell it. That's your combination. Not based on city pages. It's not, you're not marketing for the city of Denver. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we're marketing to people need those things together. Service city, those go together, right? And then off-page SEO is the process of writing content, submitting it out, and trying to get other websites that have a high domain authority to post an article about that topic, AC Repair in Denver, with your sales page, that link, trying to get to page one of Google, 
on their website. Those links are what drive your web page, that single page from the bottom of Google to the front of Google. So if you're not seeing a report, then you're not doing SEO. And if you have a seven page right. website, there's nothing to optimize. You're just getting taken to the cleaners for $2,500. That is so rough. Thank you for that. Edu- that's a crash course in SEO. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope everyone listening is paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Rewind that. And listen and make notes because Jennifer just literally gave you the recipe for um, success. And also, so that actually kind of raises another question of, you know, if if somebody said maybe there is, theirs isn't exactly what you described, but how does somebody know if they have a healthy um, web presence, healthy uh, SEO, all of that, and what to look for as far as warning signs and then when they're shopping for a company like yours, what are some good things, some great questions to ask? Ooh, good. Okay. So get a pen. First, you're going to type in inside Google, go to Google. And for all you old school, the Google. <laughs> so <laughs> go to Google and type in site, S-I-T-E, colon. Then put in your website address. No HTTP, no HTTPS, no www, just site colon no spaces mywebsite.com and hit enter what that's going to do is that's going to show you what google sees that's going to show you the total number of indexable pages and you'll get to see the titles of them so think about you just opened up a store and it only works on a computer not on a phone i'm glad you're writing it down so okay i am yep i am making notes right here it's going to open up uh, it's going to open up a Uh, inventory list of everything that's in your digital store based on what Google sees. That is going to have a meta title, a permalink, a meta description. That title, permalink, and meta description, other than your homepage, contact us, about us, uh, that's it, reviews, right? Other than those four, I'm going to call them junk or accessorial pages. Every other page should have a combination of a target search term, which is a service you want to sell and a target geolocation, which is a city you want to serve. Mm-hmm. AC repair and blank, heater repair and blank, AC installation and blank, AC maintenance, AC tune-up, forget AC tune-up. Most people are not looking for that. Scratch that. However, yeah. if you have a demand forecast done in advance, so technically before you implement any SEO program, with any company, there should be a market analysis first. The market analysis is going to tell you what's the total population by city, what's the total number of households, what's the average income by location, how old are the homes on average? These are all important things for you to know, Mm -hmm. right? If I know that this city has a thousand households in it, I can go back to my database and I can look at how many total active customers do I have in that particular city. Divide your Mm -hmm. total active customers, however you define them, just keep it consistent by the total number of households. That is your determination of market share. Ooh, that's a a powerful KPI. Most people don't know how to calculate. Yes, we, we attempt to teach all of our clients to calculate market share by city. Because you can't acquire market share in an area you're not marketing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is it just like, oh, we went and uh, the, we happened to have a service call over there. So people saw our van. Hi. Yeah. This is, this is if you are serious about acquiring market share, A, you need to know where you stand. And B, you need to have a marketing plan to acquire market share for the services you want to sell in that market. So that would be first. Mm-hmm. Second is a demand forecast. And I'd be happy to create any any of your guests I'd be happy to waive, the, waive all fees related to creating these two reports for them. So normally it's Ooh, around wow. $1,000. We'll take care of it for anybody that listens to yours that winds up reaching out. So thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I absolutely. Think- well, thank you for that offer. So everybody mention when you reach out, mention close it now. And that's going to be a massive savings for you. Yeah, maybe I'll make you a form or something. Okay, so second is a demand forecast. You take each one of the markets that's in your market for or market analysis, spread it across spreadsheet where you have every single market in one single mm-hmm. spreadsheet. Each one of those is going to have your demand forecast. A demand forecast tells you for each individual search term, how many total competitive pages are inside Google's drawer. So when you go to Google and you type in AC repair in Denver, I don't know why I'm on Denver, but mm-hmm. uh, you that's type a, in AC. It's a good area. It's a great market. 
AC repair in Denver, a giant drawer is going to open up. If you're on a computer, it's going to tell you the total number of competitive pages in the top left-hand corner. That's okay. who you have to beat. So you need to be in the top 10 of whatever that number is. If that number is 215 million, you better have a long, a long period of time that you're willing to invest in SEO before you wind up on page one. If you're going after ductless AC installation in Denver and there's only 600,000 pages, you can get on page one of Google in three months and start cash flowing to fund some of your more competitive phrases, right? So the demand forecast is going to give you every single term. It's it's going to tell you total number of competitive pages. That's who you have to beat. That'll tell you how long do I have to invest in SEO before I see a return. It's going to okay. tell you the total annual searches, how many actual searches are happening on an annual basis. It's going to tell you if slash when you get to page one of Google, what you can anticipate for your total annual traffic to your website. And then you can go into your Google Analytics and start pulling up two pieces of information. What is your bounce rate? That's, let's say it's 50%. What is your conversion rate? How many of mm -hmm. those people are winding up filling out a form, online scheduling, giving a call, sending a text message? How many options do you give them? right? That's going to give you your conversion, right? That's going to tell you for my $50 a month, I invest in my ductless AC repair page that needs to get onto page one of Google out of the top 10 of 600,000 other pages that you get in there in 60 days. How many total ductless AC installation jobs can you do in a 12 month period times your average ticket? Now, you know, your margin. So search engine optimization is not a cost when you know the math. Right. Absolutely. So, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. You can so make any love, money you want. <laughs> I love these metrics. And, and I do something very similar on a much, much more granular level in sales. It's like, you know, if we know how many, what I call it the average dollar per lead, um, if we know the, every single person on your sales team, you know, every time they knock on a door, sell it or not, what that value is to you, then you just have to know how many doors you need to knock or how many people to get in front of. Yep. And you can easily scale your marketing by knowing all of those, you know, all the, if we have a $10 million goal or a hundred million dollar goal, we just have to get our people in this many doors. That's and that's it. it. And that's it. It's like, it breaks it down and makes it like the easy computable math, right? Yeah. And demand is fantastic. That shit's broke. My AC is mm -hmm. busted. I go to Google, I do a search AC repair and blank. I need help right now. Those are really mm -hmm. easy people to get in front of because they <laughs> right. not working today. Uh -huh. You don't have to yeah, guess, exactly. like, how many do I have to hit? It's not like a mailer, you know. Right. Even industry average, the people that are horrible salespeople, they're going to close 30% just because that's the average of somebody you went out, it's broke, we fixed it. End of story. Right, you know, right, right. yeah. Gosh, okay. I love these metrics. You asked for another tool. I'll give you another one. This is a, this is, it's free. So this is, and it doesn't require any technical skills. So it's SPY, www.spyfoo.com. Go to SpyFoo. Okay. So is it as good as SEMrush or Google Analytics? No, but will it tell you a story of how well your SEO or organic rankings are performing? It'll tell you a story. So it's going to give you a two-year window or a 12-month window, and it's going to give you a chart that shows, am I improving or am I declining? So mm -hmm. it's also going to give you an estimated number of organic visitors to your website. So those last 10 that I told you that came from the one company, not a single one of them had more than 100 organic visitors coming to their website on a monthly basis for a $2,500 plus minimum spend on a two-year contract, zero progress in any KPI, less than 100. So if I have less than 100 visitors to my website and I have a 50% bounce rate that breaks down to 50, if I have a 1% conversion rate, can you make enough money off of that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And all of the all of the agencies that are hiding. So you also ask, what should I look for in an agency? Make them mm -hmm. show you their work. Like, first off, don't sign any long-term contracts. Why would an agency hold you in a long-term contract? What is the reason? They can't perform. They're concerned about being mm -hmm. able to perform. That's the only reason they need to get you in there. So there's, there's no reason. Make sure you own your website and your content and make sure you own all of your Google assets. Make sure you own your Google Analytics, your GA4, your Google Console, your uh, Google Tag Manager, your Google Business Profile. You better be the administrator. Don't let them help you set it up. 
they can get on a zoom like this and help walk you through setting it up, but it needs to be sure. in your name, your account. You need to own it. I, and I don't understand why any agency would hold a website hostage. If a company buys a website, they should keep the website. Their websites are mm-hmm. no good after two years. Anyway, they get old. Like they have to be updated yeah. every two years. Why do you need to keep it? It's just mean. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I love the way you talk about this. This is a, this is one of the most real conversations I've had about with anybody about such a enormously stiff subject that are, it's hard to digest for most contractors. And I think that's why so many are um, you know have resisted so much digital is just because it it normally seems so foreign. And I would you know definitely even submit that a lot of companies like you're talking about keep it that way. Uh, in in the same way that you know yeah. a technician has a hard time communicating to a homeowner because they talk in such technical terms, and it's the same thing here. You know, so so many companies try to keep it away and keep it mysterious, so they can charge whatever they want, and oh, we'll we'll tell you when you get results. Yeah, absolutely. You want me to have a guest appearance on your podcast? <laughs> I'm really serious. Darren Dixon. A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I have the CEO of Fixify here with me today, Darren Dixon. <laughs> Hello, how's it going? Hi, how Welcome. Fantastic. So, ask this man about how to disrupt the industry. Yeah, so let's talk about industry disruption. Uh, what 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 do you got going on? Well, the fir- the very first easiest answer to that is you have to be consumer focused. And mm-hmm. our industry has proven um, over and over again in many, many very evidential ways that we're not consumer focused. Um, mm-hmm. anytime, anytime what you're advertising is is really not the real purpose of why you want to get into the customer's house and you have a second agenda, you cannot mm-hmm. be consumer focused. You are, you are corporately focused and corporately focused businesses do not ever scale. Only, mm-hmm. The only businesses that truly successfully scale are those that are are consumer centric. And mm-hmm. so um, that's that's the biggest plague that our industry um, has been trapped in for a long time. And, and the why we say why? Well, because contractors were taught that they could uh, gain wealth through something other than just good service and that mm-hmm. they could, they could sell at a very high rate and ultimately generate high levels of profitability, but lost sight of the fact that the consumer's needs and the modern expectations of the consumer were something that they really should be more focused on. So our combined focus is consumer centric and Mm -hmm. and building systems and tools that are designed to help the consumer get what it is that they want and enable the profitability of the organization through that relationship. Um, right, right. Can you name an industry that doesn't even think about retention? <laughs> uh, solar, actually, I can. <laughs> I mean, typically KPI, <laughs> right? I mean, you would yeah. think that knowing what churn is and knowing what lifetime LTV value of a customer is, lifetime value of a customer. I was going to mention that. And in our industry, you will never hear those things spoken about mm-hmm. from any training from anybody. It's about how do you put somebody in someone's house and sell them more stuff? And right, right. so that's uh, that's an issue. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Oh my gosh! So that is uh, that's super insightful, and you know it really speaks to everything. Actually, what we started off this whole conversation with is divorcing ourselves from the numbers and truly just finding what is the problem and how can I help that homeowner solve that problem, and then the rest takes care of itself. It's the um, true center. You have to understand what the true center of purpose is. And right. the true center of purpose is not consumer experience in this industry. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the consumer could be in these training meetings. Right. Let te- them speak. Where technicians are sitting there, if they could be a fly on the wall and hear about all the manipulative tactics that are taught to technicians. And then, well, now you now you actually, we touch on another big issue, right? And that is that we have removed or redefined, the industry has redefined what a successful technician is. It's not a technician, mm-hmm. it's a salesperson that, in a technician that is dressed up like a technician in a disguise, yeah. right? So we disguise a person whose primary purpose is to sell and 
like a technician and we expect that the consumer is going to enjoy that. I mean, they, they know the customer knows, mm-hmm. right. They can mm-hmm. tell. They can tell. But, that would be, that would be like me having my developers talk directly to my clients mm-hmm. instead of giving them the right resource to have that conversation. Well, they would, then, they would oh my gosh. It. Well, and then there's, there's this, there's this existential issue that's created from it because now if you, technicians did not become technicians because they wanted to be salespeople. So now, but now if I'm in an environment where the only way I'm ever seen as valuable, the only way that I'm ever going to get to start to experience the, the earning that I need to take care of my family is if I'm actually acting like a salesperson, well, then I don't want to be in this industry. So there's a detriment. Yeah. It's an existential Mm -hmm. issue because, because we have basically, um, we we've created like a uh, negative karma on the mm-hmm. on the. You know, I mean, it's like so. There's still plenty of people that like to work with their hands and right. want to do things like that, but they're avoiding yeah. this because of these issues that we've talked about. They don't want to sell. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to be that. Every single place I go to, I hear that over and over. Is you know we we've done all these other sales trainings, but every single time it makes me feel gross and smarmy and I don't want to be that pushy salesman. I'm not selling used cars here. I just want to fix stuff. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, absolutely. I get it. I get it. That's exactly why I designed the things the way I do it because oh, they- now it, the people's BS meter goes off a mile high. The second they smell that salesman walk in the door. Yep. And, and either you become anesthetized to it and you become a different person than what you set out to be, or you mm-hmm. don't want to do it and you want to leave it. And then, and and then we start to you know now we have the impact that that there is on a technician's family and the fact that they can't even they can't even provide for their family without like you know superhuman expectations mm-hmm. from them. right so you know fix those things and now you are one of one right mm-hmm. every every single thing is connected i don't mm-hmm. have enough business so i have a scarcity mentality so i offer discounted prices and every deal I'm trying to close, regardless of whether it makes sense for the customers. So my profitability is lower. I can't bring on good people. I can't ter- take care of my people. I don't have a benefits program. No one gets to go to their kid's baseball game. I can't mm-hmm. take a vacation during summer. And it just that all of those things turn into negative rap and reviews. And it's this cycle that has to be broke. We cannot mm-hmm. look at business and have and. I mean, the other challenges is a lot of the advisors are out there only focused on the small piece or advising on things they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be advising on. And it needs to be this group of tactical advisors that understand each of these different components and can properly Mm -hmm. advise on a whole. Um, This is this is what we're doing. You know, the thing that that you'll see, too, is that it's not going to happen the way we're describing it. It's not going to happen where all of a sudden everybody just gets it and starts acting different. It doesn't work that way. It becomes, sure. it becomes a disruption because the pendulum is already small. I mean, we already know right. that we're on the backside um, of, of the momentum change. And mm-hmm. in every company that I talk to, they, they it's palatable. They understand. They're like, our calls are down. Our this is down. Our blah, 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 blah. And they want to blame everything other than what it really is. And right. what it really is, is that there is a disruptive model that is that is growing, that is going to, um, it's going to really change a lot. And then they're going to have to, it'll be too late in many cases, they're going to have to mm-hmm. join it. They'll have to join it. They won't be able to recreate it themselves. If you think right. about the entire consumer marketplace, there is there are groups that are removing consumers from the availability. <laughs> they're putting a ring on it and taking mm-hmm. those people off the market. And so the right. market is crumbling. So there's mm-hmm. not a huge amount of time for everybody to get this down. Which means that cost of acquisition goes up, right. which means that I have to sell harder, which means that I, right? And it just it just perpetuates it. Right. Yeah, it's just a vicious cycle there. Yep. Oh my gosh, I love this conversation. Let me pop in and say hi. Absolutely, thank you. I appreciate the uh, the guest appearance. So send me the address to write the check to. <laughs> Well, thank you. That that's and is, uh, gosh, incredible. He's, he's built one of the largest uh, brands across the entire United States multiple mm-hmm. times. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's he's a great strategic partner. We do a lot of business together. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And that, you know, it sparks such a, a powerful conversation, which is, you know, at the heart of any industry, but especially ours, he's right about that pendulum. I mean, what we're seeing right now with all of the massive um, acquisitions of these big, huge VC firms snatching up all these companies all over the place. So I, I just let, which also, this is really fun because it does two things. If they are happen to be customer driven, which most aren't happen to be customer driven, then that's great. But what we're seeing is they'll come in and double, just double the company's prices for the sake of bottom line and cut the commissions in half at the same time. Yeah. And then force all the technicians to sell at such a high volume. And if you don't turn over this many systems for replacement, well, then you can just go down the road. And so I just left Kansas city where I worked with a really great small company there. And part of the introduction we crafted was, listen, Mr. Homeowner, so we're local, we're family owned. And listen, Mr. Homeowner, I don't know if you knew this, but 70% of the companies in Kansas City are corporate owned by this big monster somewhere. Not us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, there's just one of us. And, and that's, it wasn't 100% in the intro. And the second we started executing that in the house, it was just this, like, you could see shoulders relaxed by the homeowners. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's great. You mean the owner works in the field every day? Yeah, absolutely. Standing right here, you know. And yeah. so it, it just it it takes us back to that, you know, how our industry started, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago of just being truly, uh, really hard to serve people. And you know, you see that in in even some of the big branding. It's like, hey, we started by the, you know, think about Gettle. I was the boy holding the flashlight for my dad fixing the furnace. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I love it. And the more that we can embrace that, but also combine it with the cutting edge of everything that's going on to give that relationship is that's truly the recipe for success, just like he was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of PEs as clients and, you know, they all have different, they all have different uh, business models. Some are looking for a quick mm-hmm. exit. Some are literally looking to combine yeah. 20 uh, $1 million companies and take them to market in less than 12 mm-hmm. months. So there's not a lot of process improvements. It's just a quick consolidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them truly want to build uh, businesses, but yeah, I'll just leave it at that. There are, there are a lot of differences in, in between them, um, even mm-hmm. within the PE groups uh, on how they're going to market, what their overall plan yeah. is when they plan to recap and so forth. So that's very mm-hmm. interesting. The other, uh, you know, where Darren is heading, a lot of the, um, these companies understand how to put uh, consumers on subscriptions. They understand they're mm-hmm. not selling anymore. They're selling a subscription to comfort. And we have to remember that a subscription to comfort is no different than the ring on this finger. Right. When I subscribe to this, I am now mm-hmm. off the market. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the same way. So the larger the number of companies that are selling subscription-based programs, subscription to filters, subscription to maintenance, subscription to comfort, mm-hmm. your entire system, your your warranty program, um, right. that is going to narrow the market, narrow the market, narrow the market. Mm-hmm. They're going to perform to maintain those relationships. Um, but you have to be better than you are today to compete with a narrower margin, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this industry is awesome. It's awesome. It's really exciting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's, uh, I think, I feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours, um, which I hope we will. We'll, we'll do, some, do some more of these in the future, especially as you release some of the big, big launches you have that you, it's, you know, kind of hinted at. Uh, but it to, for today, it is time to start landing this plane. Thank you so much. One of the things that this podcast is known for, like we talked about, is giving people very actionable items to implement immediately. And definitely, thanks for that. Uh, the, you know the tools that you gave us today. So super powerful. Um, everyone listening, make sure you get your ticket to the Profit Rocket event. Jennifer is going to be one of the keynotes for the event. She's got a whole, I'm sure you have a really powerful session planned for us. In As a side note, everybody, uh, dealing with, uh, working with Jennifer's assistants to schedule this, we had a couple of fun conversations about Jennifer. 
And she basically told me, she's like, oh my gosh, she's the best on stage because she's a comedian. Nobody knows it. <laughs> so I knew so, it was one of two words. One started with the C, one started with the B. I wasn't sure which record. <laughs> <laughs> nope, said you're a total comedian, uh, uh, awesome to, to listen to and so much insightful information. So thanks for joining us today. I am really excited about what we're going to do in the future. And uh, everybody make sure to get to the event. I'm going to be on one of the speakers panels. Uh, Jennifer has a keynote and it's going to be such a powerful event. But more importantly, the, uh, you know, depending on when you listen to this, that event may have come and gone, but dial into the CI web group. Um, clearly there's a lot. They know, they know how to do this. It's, they're not guessing. This is not uh, a fly, you know, spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. What's the old expression in marketing is, yeah, half my marketing works. I just don't know which half. <laughs> but they do know which half and that, that is the, and that's what you focus on and so so how can people get in touch with you what where do they find you to uh um, to reach really, out yeah look up ci web group you can look it up online uh facebook linkedin i mean pretty much anywhere or send an email to help at ci web group that's the easy one help at ciwebgroup.com if you need any help feel free to connect with me personally i mean I'm likely going to be one, uh, there'll be one of three of us that gets on a call with you. And like I said, we'll give you those evaluations. Um, don't mm -hmm. forget to at least submit your website. Uh, you can do that right on our website. Just um, make sure our team knows that it came from the podcast. And also, if you had not attend Profit Rocket, let me just tell you, Victor's our client. We built the Profit Rocket website. We helped with the entire organization, the blueprint and everything else. Those are our babies with Victor. Um, it is different. It is different than any other event in the entire industry. This is where uh, rubber meets the road. This isn't a BS, superficial, old school, what worked 15 years ago. This is down and dirty. So, I mean, you got to be ready to learn though, because the the coaches and speakers and trainers and people that are at this event, they're not here uh, because they're a paid speaker. They're here because they want to make a huge difference. And mm -hmm. these are all people who have been very successful in their own businesses recently, not 80 years ago. Uh, and um, this is when you can, you know, really move the needle, but you got to come with a mm -hmm. notebook. Get yourself a remarkable tablet, one of these things, so that you can take a million notes. Bring an AI otter so that it can record all the presentations for you. Remember, the same thing applies at this event. You got to show up, suit up, and participate. You're not just coming out to, you know, drink and eat free food and network. This is come with the intent to capture as many golden nuggets as you can. Come prepped and ready to learn and document it. And then when you leave this event, make an execution plan and hold yourself or get somebody like Sam to hold you accountable. Uh, it's really important. This is, it's got to right. create. Yep. You got it. Success happens at the speed of implementation, everybody. It doesn't matter how much you learn. It's how fast can you implement what you did learn? And that's, that's how change to get changes. We got to make them. So I'm super excited about the event. Thanks for joining me today. This has been such a good conversation and uh, yeah. So, that uh, basically wraps us up for today. And any any final parting thoughts before we close out here? The only one I'll leave you with is change occurs two ways. Either consistency and repetition or an ass whooping. One of the two. <laughs> Choose wisely. Choose wisely. You get it. Significant emotional event that causes change, right? It's significant emotional <laughs> event. That's what I call ass whooping, but... That's something, and usually it's bad. So if you want to avoid having to get taught a lesson the hard way, consistency and repetition, make it happen. Create that execution plan, get a coach, get Sam on your team and, and have him help hold you accountable. Show up, suit up and participate. That's all I got. You're amazing, Sam. Love, Love being here with Thank you Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, everybody, you heard it here first. So make sure to find the Close It Now Facebook group. Just search Close It Now and it will come right up. It is um, easy to find uh, you, everywhere you go. Just search, close it now. And the branding is consistent across every platform. Uh, email me directly, sam at closeitnow.net. And uh, yeah, get connected. Uh, you can learn more about the site visits. A uh, good quick story from the last site visit. The company average was 40% close rate. Uh, we rounded out the week I was there at 77%. 
Um, so it's strictly from listening and helping people. So if that's the kind of numbers you want to see in your business, uh, reach out to me and get me scheduled to come. It clearly paid for itself in the four days I was there. And it's because it's half a day classroom and half a day I'm riding along in the truck with your people to make sure we can, that they execute because that's the only way to truly lock the knowledge in. Uh, so reach out for that. And then you can learn more about the other coaching group, events, uh, coaching programs I have, that kind of thing. But thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, I, we Both of us look forward to meeting you in person at the Profit Rocket event. And if not there, um, we'll be all over the place. So watch out. There's some big, big stuff coming from both CI Web Group. And that is the letters CI Web Group. Uh, so don't don't think it's like, like seeing I or something. Central Intelligence, baby. There you go. CI Web Group. And big stuff coming from them. Big stuff coming from Close It Now. We're about to be everywhere on a ton of platforms. So everybody, you go out, save the world one heat stroke at a time. Thanks for listening to Close It Now with Sam Wakefield. Subscribe to the podcast now so you're first to hear new episodes jam-packed with actionable tools and tips to make you the top HVAC professional in your market. If you have friends and colleagues who would like this show, share it with them and send them to our Facebook community for more in-depth discussion about the challenges we all face and how to overcome them on the Close It Now podcast.